This is Samantha Riley, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 221 of Chasing Dreams. One of my favorite numbers ends in a 21. I have a favorite person here. I'm excited. It's going to be a good one, regardless of the joking we've made before off the record. It's going to be awesome. Guys, I have Sam Riley here. I am so excited because I think we were separated at birth years apart, but I think, you know, we're, we're, we're twins in a way. We're it's, there was a connection when we met and we met at a conference in Atlantic City and I didn't know her at all, but I saw her in action and I was like, all right, okay. She's a doer. She's a get things done kind of person. No nonsense. Let's go. But also knows how to have fun, take a joke, give a joke. And I was just like, you know what? Okay. And her husband, Leon's just as cool. So, you know, I was already like we're gonna have to connect and it was just uh magic from there so sam thank you for saying yes to coming on the show and just sharing some of your personality with these lovely folks i'm so excited to be here and you know i guess the best part of this is if i forget what i'm saying i know that you can finish my sentences for me (laughs) because we finish each other's sentences all the time (laughs) sam is in australia so, you know, for us to connect and have this worldwide connection is is awesome, but also a testament to the power of the Internet, social media and just friendships in general. It doesn't take a lot for you to find someone you can connect with. Right? Well, I think it's awesome in these in this time that we have the opportunity to connect with people all over the world. And like you like you just said, the, we're all we're all human. We're all exactly the same. There is no boundaries, and it's really cool that we can connect and I guess realize that you know we're both from different cultural backgrounds. We're both from different parts of the world, and you know we can get together and within minutes be finishing each other's sentences. Like that's I think that is so cool. It's it's beyond cool because it reminds you we're all just human beings. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're right. Mm-hmm. We're culturally we're different. We're in different countries, right? Different experiences. But at the end of the day, we're still, we still get along like a house on fire. I know. So good. It is awesome. And so when I met Sam and we talked and I was like, wow, she's just lived her life in such a way that it was on her own terms. But I don't think that was always the case, right? So let me start with my usual kind of question. What did young Sam want to be when she imagined she wanted to grow up? MB. So, before, like when I was still at school, what I wanted to be was a ballerina. And I know that sounds like, oh, every girl wants to be a ballerina. But I was, I studied classical ballet from the time I was six. And I spent every night in the dance studio, every weekend in the dance studio wow. from the time I was six years old. So, 
you know, in high school, I was over 30 hours in the dance studio a week outside of school. So I was like really hardcore into it. And dancers usually start their professional career quite young. So at about 15, mm-hmm. I auditioned for a few different full-time dance, uh, ballet schools to go into ballet companies. And just it just became blatantly obvious that it just I wasn't going to be able to cut it. Be, um, just wasn't good enough. I was, I certainly didn't have height on my side. Dancers are quite short, but I'm exceptionally short. And I was just told, yeah, you, you just don't have exactly what it takes. So um, I decided to teach and open a dance studio and that, and that's what I did. So I still, I still went into the area that I wanted. It just had a different flavor. Yeah, you know, but I love that you didn't let that stop you because a lot of people would have been would have taken that rejection and then gone off in a different direction. I mean, you didn't allow that to stop you. You May not have been doing it full time in the way you had envisioned it, but you were still doing it. Yeah, and and I think that for something like that, and I think elite athletes are the same. When that is your life and that's all you're doing, there there actually isn't other options outside of that. So it wasn't really, I I don't think it was a huge decision because it was just like, okay, well, here's the next thing. It wasn't like I was doing something terribly different. I mean, as it turns out, I was a fantastic teacher and I think that was exactly where I was meant to be. And, you know, I guess even though I'm coaching businesses now, I'm still teaching. And when I was in the health and wellness space and I was a personal trainer, I was still teaching. So what I've realized is that teaching is actually in my blood and I just use that vehicle of dance to get there. Yeah, that's a great point because sometimes we don't see that what experiences bring us. Like it may mm. not just be the obvious thing, right? You won't say that all dance brought you was dancing and a mm. business, right? But mm-hmm. truly you're seeing it from a different perspective and you've carried that through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when absolutely. You, when you dance, because you weren't dancing full time. I mean, at least you weren't doing that all these years alone, you, you were coaching and you had businesses and you were in the corporate environment. How did you go from ballerina and dancing to that? Okay. So I, like I said, I'd been dancing from when I was six. I went into corporate at uh, 18, Mm -hmm. but I only lasted in corporate till 20. It wasn't a very long stint. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. and I opened my dance studio when I was 20. So um, there was about a six-month overlap where I was still uh, working corporate. I was very lucky. I was able – I used to go in really early so I could leave a little bit earlier in the afternoons and Sorry. teach. Yeah. Uh, and just really got it settled in. And about six months in, we opened our second business, which was a dancewear store, so still in that dancing industry. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when I had to leave corporate. Because I was in the shop from, you know, nine till whatever time I started teaching. And then I would move into the dance studio and teach till uh, between seven and nine at night in the early days. That certainly got later as, as the studio grew. So I was in that dance industry full time from 20 years old. The thing that impresses me, though, is that you left corporate. And, and the reason I say that is, right, corporate typically... I'm assuming it's the same across the world, may not be, but that people consider that to be that stable job, that steady income that comes in and therefore you can do whatever you want because you got that steady income. Whereas you had a business, almost two businesses, it sounds like, 
Yeah. And that's not necessarily stable. Mind you, you, it sounds like you guys were doing well, but for you to take that, you know, the gamble versus the steady income. Well, it was a gamble because in, in those early days, it, it wasn't stable. And let me just say that corporate gig, not only was it corporate, but it was in government. Like I had the most, you know, I had that job that my parents would have been like, oh, our daughter's made it. She's got a good government job. You know, isn't that what we all want for our kids? <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it for me, it, this might sound really weird. I think a lot of this is where I'm very different to a lot of people. It actually was stable. It was in the government. Um, I was getting paid a really good wage. I was getting paid a lot more than my husband was, and we had two young children because I we, I got married and had my first um, my daughter at seventeen. So we already had two kids by that stage and a mortgage, and you know we had a, a quite an adult life for such a young age. And logically, it would say stay in that to have the stability at that age. But I was in that job and I was the youngest person in the office. And it was a very big open plan office. There was a few hundred of us and everyone was the age of my parents at the time or older. And they'd all been there from school. Everyone got in from school and stayed there for their, for their whole career until they retired. And I looked around one day and just went, oh, my God. And I can remember this so distinctly. No one was smiling. And I thought that everyone's got this job that's stable and no one's happy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is this really what I want for my life? And so I made that decision to get out. And I was lucky at the time um, with my first husband, he was like, well, if you're not happy, get out. Like, what's the worst that can happen? We can sell the house and we can start again. And that's, that's exactly the conversation we had. If worst comes to worst, we're young enough that we can just start again. So I made that gamble. And those first few years, I'm not going to lie, they were hard. My husband was working shift work. He would work overnight. I would work in the day. We were running these two these two little kids around and, you know, we were both on hardly any sleep and there was, you know, it was a struggle financially. But, you know, we made it work because that's what we wanted to do. For us, it was about looking into the future. What do we want our future to look like? And, okay, well, we have to do this now. We've got to do this thing. So um, even though it, you know, would I make that same decision now? Not a hundred percent sure because I'm at a different point in my life, but then it was just like, eh, whatever. Life's, you know, life's too short. Yeah. Hindsight and perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. this is why I, I think we are very um, in line because for me, I had a government comfortable, stable job that everyone was like, this is what you should be doing. This is, and what led me to take it. And I left because I was bored. I remember distinctly. Mm. And I think everybody has that kind of moment sitting at the keyboard. And I was literally one finger entering just <laughs> running tests. And I thought to myself, Jamie could do this job. And this is again, no offense to Jamie, but she was biology. The point I was making was <laughs> this wasn't a challenge for me. And yeah. so I just remember thinking my twin sister could do this job. And like, I, I think I need a change. And that was the first time I think I made my own decision about it, which sounds like you too, like nobody's happy. Mm. Or should I stay in this, especially at a young age? I was 28 when I had that realization, uh, but it's still scary. It's still scary yeah. to make that leap regardless. 
totally. I actually think because I did have young children that it sped up my process in that because I had them to look after like I felt a little bit older, like I was living a life that was that most people don't live at that age. So it kind of sped up that process of going, uh, let's let's just get out there and do it. See, and I thought it would have slowed your process because some people are like, I have kids, therefore I can't afford to do this. And I think a lot of people think ah, that way. So that's totally like, yeah, the fact that you didn't or you had the agency to be like, this isn't right for me. Right. It- yeah. So, so I'll give you a little bit of background why it was easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents weren't very well off financially and me and my brother and sister, there was the three of us. We never went on a holiday. Like we just never went on a holiday. I had never been on a, on a plane until I was married. Um, we never had new clothes. We always had the hand me down clothes. Mm-hmm. Like we, we were given everything that we needed, but there was all these things that I wanted. And I wanted to give my kids that. And I knew that there was more opportunity being in business to be able to do that. So, um, so for me, that was such an easy decision because I wanted to give my children so much more than what, what we'd been given. And yeah, like I said, there was nothing against my parents. They worked their butts off, but I just wanted something different. It, it's, I think it's a changing of the guard of, of sorts right now. Mm-hmm. I think generationally, I think people are looking at things differently. Even my parents are looking back and thinking, uh, this next generation needs to do it differently. Like, absolutely. Necessarily, the, the way we thought we had to do things is how we had to do it to survive to do it because we didn't know that there were other options, really. And now that's exactly right. We're seeing well, we've got a lot more options. We've got the internet. We've got, you know, the the barrier to entrepreneurship is so low right now. I think that the, over the next few years, it's going to rise. I think that we are in the sort of the end of the sweet spot. So anyone that's out there, that here we go. If anyone that's out there that wants to make the leap, do it now. I'm not saying leave your job, but if you want to start a business, we're in the last 18 months to two years where the barrier is where it is now. You know, so it's we're very lucky. Let, let's actually talk about that because I was just thinking the other day, and I, you've said something similar in regards to coaching and entrepreneurship. I feel like almost anybody could do it. Anybody's mm-hmm. making the leap, especially when they hear from people against, this is nothing against anyone. I'm just making observation. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Gary V, right? Speaks on chasing your dream and just doing it, whatever it is, just do it. And a lot of people seek that to mean entrepreneurship. Whereas what he's really saying is be happy. And, and he's really kind of doubling down on that this year. But uh-huh. I think everyone is just kind of jumping into the entrepreneurial lane, including especially coaching and courses. Like mm-hmm. I feel like anybody is just like creating a course almost and becoming a coach. And I'm not knocking anybody. This isn't aimed at anyone in particular. But it's almost concerning to see that who are you actually working with? Where is their credentials? Where have they actually had results for you to kind of join? They just put a website up and call themselves a coach or a store or a course or something that it's almost like you have to read or, or be more mindful of where you're going because almost anybody can do it. Do you, do you mm. see that too? Or Wow. There was so much in what you just said there, like so many different perspectives. So I'm going to go back to the Gary Vee um, yeah 
because I'm really happy that he's gotten clear on his message that to be happy because I've always felt like that was his message, but I think other people weren't listening deep enough and they were just thinking that he was saying, you know, you have to hustle and you have to be an entrepreneur. And I was always like, I'm sure that's not what he's saying. I'm sure that he just wants people to be happy. So I'm really glad that he's doubled down on that message just recently Um, because not everyone's cut out to be in business. They are not. But people can go into entrepreneurship and be really unhappy because it is a tough gig. You need to be resilient. You need to have grit. You you get thrown a lot of stuff every day. It's not overnight. It is not overnight. And even, yeah, 10 years overnight is still a short, like it's just, it's just a journey. So some of my clients actually decide that they're going to go back to their job and run their business on the side. And that actually makes me happy because I don't care how people get to being happy. If you want to be in a job, stay there. Like you you won't find happiness in your in your business if that's not the dream. Yeah. So I think that that's really great. As for the coaching thing, I've got a very different take on this. Okay. I want to hear this. <laughs> um, let me sit uh, back. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone get comfortable. <laughs> so I, this is all around you notice what you're surrounded by. So when you go into the coaching world, you meet other coaches. You make friends on Facebook with these coaches. The algorithm on Facebook picks up that you're connecting with these people and it sends you more of those people. Mm. So what it actually does is it it changes your perspective. It changes your reality on what's actually happening. The amount of coaches in the world is so tiny, the percentage of coaches. So it is one of the fastest growing industries, Mm -hmm. but it is still such a tiny industry. And it's just that we're we're on social media, we're hanging out with these people, the algorithm's going, hey, Sam, look, Amy J's a coach and all these other people are coaches. And I'm like, oh, everyone's a coach? And then you meet someone in corporate, they're like, what's a coach? Is that even such a thing? Is there such a thing as a coach? You know, that's a great observation because Lord knows now that we've just said that, I'm sure I'm going to get all these coaching ads in my phone from Google. I can guarantee you will. (laughs) Absolutely. Amazon Alexa is going to start like adding stuff to, it pops up, but that's a great observation. I didn't even think about that. It's so subtle that you're absolutely right. I mean, we see it all over, don't we? Right. And I figured this out a few years ago and Leon and I, actually joke around that if we're getting a bit bored with our ads, we'll start talking into our phone and being silly going, hey, have you thought about going scuba diving? And we'll start being really silly. And you start to watch the ads change in new in your newsfeed. You start to watch the content change. The videos come up differently. Like seriously, you have to understand that social media curates your thoughts. And if you're not aware of it, it can send you down a very dark rabbit hole. You know, uh, that's a very good point. It's almost like the people you surround yourself with here, social media is surrounding you with people you don't even necessarily know or or thought you would even be interested in, but it's subliminal. Uh-huh. Do you remember back in the day when people would talk about the how scary subliminal subliminal messages were? Like, yeah. And just how often, and here we are now, we're talking about how ads and commercials and the things that pop up in between when you're watching YouTube and all come mm-hmm. up and it's just all over the place. And that's a science yeah. in and of itself. Just yeah. Scary. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I saw someone put on uh, on social media the, the other day. It was as a joke, but it was almost like a tongue-in-cheek joke of, you know, imagine ringing up to order a pizza and the person knowing already who it is because it's come up on the screen because everything's connected mm-hmm. and, you know, saying, did you want to order your usual? And you're saying, my usual, how do you know? Oh, well, you ordered it on all of these dates, you know, because all of the information's in there. And then, you know, there was a, he was saying, oh, maybe would you like to have broccoli on on it because I can see your cholesterol's high. And how did you know my cholesterol was high? Well, I saw that you went to the doctor and, you know, it's very tongue in cheek, but everything is out there and it's, and it is all connected. And I don't think we're far off something like that in reality really happening. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think you, you hit, hit it on the nose because I'm always scared. I'm always mindful of not connecting necessarily Facebook to log into places. I use mm-hmm. it, right? Cause it's, it's easy, but I try to be mindful of, of how much I want it, things connected because like you said, it starts, it's a rabbit hole. It just keeps going and going and twisting and turning. Well, here's the thing. You might be thinking, don't use that yeah, to log in, yeah. but do you ever log out of Facebook on your phone? Yeah. Which no. means every yeah. time you're jumping on Google, Facebook's still open. Yeah. So everything is being collected. <laughs> There's the scary reality. It's true, guys. It's true. Mm. It is. And, and I, I got to remember that. But, you know, the thought that, you know, coaching, you're right. I, I do think that coaching is always around or that everyone seems to be heading towards the coaching track. My concern, I think, is the fact that people are just jumping into coaching and coaching people without necessarily being ready to coach. Yeah. Or what is the background or the credit credentials that they have to be a coach? I totally 100% agree with you. I also think it happens in nearly every industry. Oh, yeah. There's people that are good in an industry. There's people that are exceptional. There's people that are bad. It, You know, it happens in anything. Yeah. Um, I also think that, and we're already seeing it, the coaches that that do just put their shingle on the door and say, I'm a coach now, they're generally not around for that long. They can't, they can't cut it. But the coaches that have longevity and and do well do have the chops to to be able to go out there and get it done and that do have the experience. So um, yeah. It, it is one of the fastest growing industries though. And as we, uh, as times change and we go into more artificial intelligence, these soft skills are what we need. You know, it, it's, it's, that's why it's on the rise and it's going to rise a lot more. You know, executive coaching is going to be and career coaching is going to be blowing up huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because the world's changing so fast. It really is. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want, people to think I'm trying to discourage them from coaching or trying something because they're new. You got to start somewhere. Absolutely. I, I would think I would say is be mindful of what you present. And for those who are buying, be mindful of who you choose. Trust, mm. but verify, like look into them, ask them questions. You're allowed mm. to do that. So just want to clear that up. But I, I do think, you know, when people take chances on people, it works out sometimes, but sometimes mm. it doesn't. You just got to mm be smart about the choices you make, I think. Yeah, I think it's a really great conversation. I think it's great to open up these conversations and sure, some people will get offended, but yeah, if you're not offending people, then you're not playing <laughs> hard enough at life, right? <laughs> that is I think what it's they really say. great to have these conversations so that people can start thinking or, mm-hmm. or start seeing other perspectives. I like yeah. it. I mean, there, there's so much to try. I mean, you have 
over 20, 25 years of experience, which is a 25 years of yeah, experience. Going into my 27th year in business, I know I don't look that old, but <laughs> that's why I had to look. I'm like, I don't know if that's the right number. I had to look twice because I was like, come on now. Sure. No, but in doing that, what has kept you in that business? Because it's not one business that you've had. You've started and had multiple businesses. Like, mm. Are you just passionate about business or was mm. it what drove you? Yeah. So I, the dance studio and the dancewear stores I had for, for 20 years and I owned those businesses with my first husband. Back in 2010, we separated and that was, uh, that was the worst time of my life because I'd been with him since I was a child. You know, I had, it was, he was a, yeah, it was the first time in my life as an adult that I was alone. Um, I lost the businesses. Um, it was just a really awful time. And at that time, I was just transitioning into personal training and, and wellness. And I kind of used that at the time to, uh, I was running retreats on how to live a life that you enjoy around more around the health and wellness. So it was around spirituality and, you know, nutrition and um, making good choices. But what was coming up over and over at that time was, Sam, like, we're really not happy in our job. How do we change to a different job? How do we start a business? How do we set up a website? And because that was my background, I kind of just fell into it. And I, and I had so many business clients that I just sort of moved into, into that. Around that time that I was in wellness, I, we opened a, a health and wellness center in, in the gym that I was working with at the time. And what I realized at that time, because I opened that business and sold it within six weeks, my biggest epiphany was that I actually loved the business, like the back of the business, sure. setting it up, running the business rather than the expertise that we were delivering. So wow. I was just like, okay, so I could stand here and massage because I'm a qualified masseuse. I don't want to. <laughs> I would rather deal with the guy that's coming in and doing the design on the front door and making sure that we've got, you know, the all of the systems in the front end or, you know, I could sit out the back and, and coach, which I'm really good at as well and it's okay, but I would rather be, you know, networking and talking with other business owners. So that was a big epiphany for me to realize that I was thinking in my head that I liked the business that I was starting, but what I realized that it was actually nothing to do with what we were delivering and it was the actual business. So when I went into business coaching, it was just a no-brainer because I could talk about business underwater with marbles in my mouth for three <laughs> days without coming up for a breath. <laughs> I just, it's, I absolutely love it. <laughs> it was very specific though of an example. <laughs> Right. Well, that, you know, <laughs> like, where did she come up with that one? Just yeah, you don't want to be together. in my head. <laughs> no true. one wants to be in my head. I, I scare Leon every single day. <laughs> but I will say that that is an enlightenment that you had that I think a lot of people struggle with. I think too many people, and, and I don't know the solution for it, I think a lot of people stay longer than they need to in a place, not realizing that it's time to leave. And mm-hmm, some people mm-hmm. don't stay long enough. And there's always that, a lesson. I think that we, uh, that as humans, that we all do that in different, in right. different things. Yeah. Um, 
you know, generally we don't make life-changing decisions until we're just like way, way past unhappy or, um, you know, like I was like, oh. I think a lot of people won't make a decision until their back's at the wall. Yeah. Because it's just, oh, even though we're not happy, we're, we're comfortable. We can keep going. We what if I make the it. wrong decision? Yeah. What if, you know, what if my friends shame me because I do something silly and it doesn't work out? So we don't make these decisions because we're, we're afraid of get, getting it wrong or having other people judging us. Um, it's just part of being human. And, and I think, guys, what she's saying is not just in work and career. This is life. No, everything. Everything in everything you're doing, right? Because when we talk chasing your dreams, it, I'm you guys know I, I stopped interviewing people who are entrepreneurs. Sam's my friend, she has an amazing life experience. That's why I wanted her on. But I don't, it's not about entrepreneurship, it's everything in your life, whatever it is that makes you happy. We're, we're all struggling with it, and you're right. I think until we are put in a rock in a hard place kind of position, our back is in the we're in the corner and we can't help but fight to mm. get out of there. We don't. And I think we just need more check-ins with ourselves to figure out what we want or where we are or are we happy? Because I think, you know, until recently, I don't think I even realized it probably in the last two years, two, three years that I realized I need to check in with myself to actually decide, am I happy with where I'm at? And if not, hey, remember, you could do something about that. You absolutely hit the nail on the head. And what it is, is about knowing what it is that you actually want. We don't often take the time to stop and go, what is it that I actually want? And until we know that, like most people will say, I'm not happy. And I don't know about you, Amy, but so many people I say, well, what is it that you actually want? And they say, I don't know. I haven't actually thought about that. Right? I don't know what I want. You know, and, and a lot of times we'll have to start off with, we'll tell, let's start with what don't you want to, because we're so, it's so foreign for so many people to not be honest and say, you know what, this is actually what I want. It's very hard. We're not used to it. We're, we're very, mm -hmm. um, I think by nature, just the way we people are raised, uh, regardless, again, human beings, I think the way mm -hmm. humans are raised, we are raised to think of others first versus ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we need to start taking care of ourselves first because, and I, I was talking to someone else about this, it's okay to be selfish. I mean, we're mm -hmm. taught the selfishness is bad. Honestly, guys, sometimes it's okay to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And you need to be. I mean, I think that's the lesson I learned recently. Is that something that you picked up or is that something you figured out for yourself, Sam? I figured it out for myself. And I think that what's interesting is that I still don't like the word selfish because, and, and this is a personal thing because I think that selfish has a connotation that you're hurting someone else or letting someone else down. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. I think that, and again, this is just my perspective, but I still don't like letting other people down. You know, I hear people saying, you know, if, if it doesn't feel right or you need to give yourself some self-love, just cancel, you know, whatever's happening. Well, I personally don't think that's right. For me, it's like if I've made a responsibility or mm -hmm. I've told someone that I'm going to do that, then unless, you know, there's a life and death situation, unless, you know, something really bad is happening, someone needs me, yeah. I won't cancel, even if I don't feel like it. 
Mm. But it's more so so to me that's what selfish is to me it's more about self-love what do I need so instead of saying yes in the first place thinking you know what I don't really want to go to that thing or I don't really want to do that interview or you know like for me before Christmas you know we had the fires in Australia I was really tired there was all of these external factors and I felt that they were really affecting my ability to show up so I said no to a lot of things right before Mm. Christmas that I would normally say yes to so I didn't commit and then pull out I just said no right from the start and to me that's more um you know more that self-love because you as as humans we can't give from an empty cup um someone said to me you know we should be giving from a full cup and then I heard I think it was um I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert who said don't even think about giving from a full cup only give what's overflowing and that to me is like that was so powerful when I heard that as humans we have to give to ourselves first to be able to show up and give to other people and if we're only giving them what's overflowing then like how amazing how different would life be if we all showed up like that I'm I'm imagining it now I'm like this is that's that's almost game changing guys do you realize that because I I would have thought just a full cup but yeah. to think about the overflowing cup that is very powerful yeah both as an image and also i'm just thinking what would happen if i had an overflowing cup first of all uh-huh. and then just gave that from there i that's really awesome yeah really really cool that is that it's powerful and i think you know i think self-love is you're right because i think oftentimes we don't have self-love right mm-hmm. we, we focus on so many different things and, you know, you have a wellness background, you know, we, we focus on our physical health and not necessarily our mental health. And I think self-love mm-hmm. falls into that. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, 2020 make mental health cool again. Yeah. Or cool. I don't think it was ever cool for some people, but m- make it cool. And it's important. I mean, I, 25 years in the business, I, I'd like to think that you had strong mental health and that it wasn't easy. Because I can't imagine being an entrepreneur for 25 plus years without having a strong resiliency. Those, let me be brutally honest here. Those first 15 years, you, you were talking about, you know, um, being selfish and, and our background. So I grew up in a house where my mother, you know, sort of did everything and put herself last. Mm. So when I, when I was a mother, without even knowing that I was doing it, I just automatically fell into that. And I started to get resentful and I started to resent my family, not in an awful way, but, yeah. you know, like I was very, I was tired. I was, I, I, like, I was happy with my family life, but if I really like ask myself, are you fulfilled? That's probably a better way of saying it. No, I wasn't. I didn't have my first massage till you know, I separated from my husband. Like I never took the time to go and do things that I wanted. And I used to feel bad. Like if he would say, go and do such and such. No, 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 I can't do that. I was a martyr. I didn't even realize I'd fallen into that trap. Right. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until that I had this experience of, you know, separating and moving. I moved to a different city and started my life again that I went, hang on a minute. I actually can make the rules. I actually can do whatever I like as long as it doesn't hurt people. Like I'm not talking about, you know, doing things that 
are illegal or that hurt other people. I'm not that kind of person. But, you know, if I decide tonight, well, it's a school night, you know, I want to go out for a dance and have a drink, then I'll do it. Like, if that's what I want to do, I'll do it. Like, who made the rule that you can't go out on school nights? (laughs) So, yeah, my life is very, very different now. You know, I love that you said that because I think oftentimes people in general, uh, people with a second role, so to speak, husbands, fathers, uh, mothers, wives, often think that they can't do something because they have that other title. And instead of taking care of themselves, and realizing that, like we said, overflowing cup, take care of you, live for you, then take care of your kids because you'll do better for them. It takes a long time for people to get there. And unfortunately, resentment and stuff builds up until mm. you kind of grasp that. So mm-hmm. if you're listening, see what Sam had to say. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was that choice. a lesson you had to tell yourself over and over again, though? Yeah, uh, it was, it was a, it was, you're breaking lifelong habits. Mm. You're breaking lifelong beliefs. That, that's not easy. There's, you know, that was a lot of years of going, you know, to see kinesiology, working with kinesiologists and like coaches and counselors and, um, you know, having the tough conversations, like friends that had tough conversations with me, like working through, you know, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in just not re-educating myself in um, in business and who I wanted to show up as because I, I know that that you're, you're saying that business isn't, you know, part of that chasing dreams. Um, but for me, it was. It was the vehicle to get to the life that I wanted to create. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a really a tough journey of breaking because essentially – I've got to take away the person that I knew yeah. and reinsert it with someone that I didn't knew. I had to get to know a whole new person. And and once I'd done it, I went, wow, I actually feel like myself for the first time in my life. How crazy that you can live a life and go, oh, I didn't realize I didn't know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. And just to clarify, I'm not saying that you can't be an entrepreneur to chase your dreams, just that it's not the only avenue. And I think so. yeah, I just I, I yeah, totally, yeah, and awesome. and I think that comes back to what's the outcome that you want for your life because yeah. that is everything I teach is what do you want your life to look like? Do you want to be uh, do you want to be a stay at home mom and be able to look after your kids and have you know beautiful house on a hill with a white picket fence? Do you want to be traveling the world? Do you you know do you want whatever X Y Z like? It's not up to me to judge what you want. It's not up to anyone to judge what you want. And And in actual fact, it's not up to you to judge what you want because so many people judge themselves and say, oh, I want this. Is that what you really want or are you saying that because you're already judging the fact that maybe you want to earn a million dollars but you're surrounded by people that say that money is evil. So you say, oh, I just want to be happy. Like what is it that you really want with, with no judgment? And then, and then it's about putting the things into place to make that happen. So true. So true. And it changes, right? From one mm-hmm. stage in life to another, it can change. And let's, yep. let's actually talk about where you are because you're not mm-hmm. at your home. Your no, I'm not. This, it looks terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. <laughs> so the point is, is that you're mobile. And so uh-huh. you've come to a point where in your life, you're doing something that's also what 
people in the U.S. at least, and maybe across the world, would think is non-traditional. Mm-hmm. It's is, very non-traditional. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that and why and how you made that happen? Yeah. So going back to that time where, you know, I was talking about I separated from my husband and I moved cities, that was a big time for me to sit down and go, okay, you've got nothing left. This is the perfect time to recreate the new page, right? <laughs> You're actually you, like, I saw that time as a gift. Okay. So I can do whatever I want now. And at that time, the biggest things that I wanted were the, the three things I wanted to find a partner again, someone that I could that I could spend my life with. I wanted to be traveling because I love traveling and I wanted to be surrounded by um, friends, family and people that are in business because I love those conversations. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what do I have to do to make those three things happen? So I was just super lucky that I met my husband, who is just seriously the most most awesome person. Um, That was luck. But, but, but I got there. Um, at the time, he was working corporate and I just got to that point where I could travel a lot. So when we got married, there was a lot more sort of staying at home. So, so you're talking about that, that dream changing all the time. So all of a sudden it was like, well, I've created this business that I can travel, but now I need to support two of us, not just one of us. So he left his corporate position in November last year, which means that we now can be wherever and whenever we want. Um, We have to be back in Sydney because we're running an event in March and we're running another one in November and there's different things that we do. But between, we can be wherever we want. So, um, yeah, we just love it. It's just we can think, where do we want to be tomorrow? throw some things in a bag and take off. We've, we've managed to get our life into two bags, our clothes <laughs> and our, our laptops, and we just hit the road and we leave. <laughs> and just to be clear, guys, they worked for that. That was what they wanted oh, to do and they worked for big it. Big time. <laughs> right? So just for those who are like, I want that life, cool, go for it. They worked for it. I mean... Mm-hmm. They, you made it work and you're doing it. And that's awesome. And Thank you. And I'm really glad you said that because there's two things that people say that are very disempowering. Mm-hmm. And that is you're so lucky because automatically they're giving the power away and thinking that it's luck. Yeah. And I wish I could do that. And those two statements, like if you're listening and you ever say, I wish I could do that or you're so lucky, mm-hmm. catch yourself and think, actually, I can make that choice too. But what do I need to do to make it happen? Yep. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Because what you, the two examples you just gave are self-limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that are so easy to say. People are so quick to say it. And I would just, I'm, I'm just going to turn around. Like, what's stopping you? You guys can mm. do and have that life if that's what you want. Again, you got to be careful and, and decide, is that what you really want? Or are you envious? Mm. Because she has found a lifestyle that makes her happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we get that confused also as to what I want and what I see on Instagram because I'm flipping and they have this lifestyle and they go traveling and they do this. I'm like, so is it the travel that you like or is it the fact that they have the freedom and they're happy doing something, whereas you aren't at that point yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think I love what that. You say. I think it goes back to yeah. what you said about judging and being honest with yourself. It's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. An ongoing struggle. All right, guys, totally. you've heard some amazing things from Sam, but now it's time to get her to know her just a little bit better. <laughs> oh, I'm a bit scared now. The box. <laughs> the box of questions. They're coming out. I have not had... Some of these questions lately have been kind of... 
So let's see what this one is. Okay. Ah, uh, I don't know how you're going to say this. All right. <laughs> mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you cannot say ballet. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you could be great at one sport, which would you choose? Car racing. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Have you done it? No, I love watching it, but I'm too scared to do it. So if I could be good at it, that would be awesome. That is awesome. I love that. That's a good one. Okay. Number two, what gives you joy? Spending time with family and friends. My favorite thing ever. I, I'd copy that. I copy that. Whenever I get with family and friends, it, it's just a good time. Yeah. It's just a good yeah. time. All right. Number three, what do you do when you need to blow off stress? Oh, this really depends on the, on the day because I will either retreat uh-huh. and meditate and really be very, very silent or I'll do the absolute opposite and I'll get on the phone and go, hey, whoever, we're going dancing. <laughs> so it can be one extreme or the other, which is very much my personality. Um, so I'm either super out there, we're going to dancing, drinking, having lots of fun, or I'm going to completely retreat and not speak to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So have you noticed the pattern though? Like, is it a top, if something in particular, like if business goes bad, then I need to meditate or if Uh it's a personal thing, it's more, I got to. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. One of those kinds of things. Yeah, I think so. If things are going bad, I generally retreat and just be with my own thoughts. And just, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Number, I think it's four. Would you rather have more time or money? Money, because money can buy time. Ooh. That's true, though. It's true. Mm. It's true. Not a lot of people would have thought of it that way, but it's true. All right. This last mm. one doesn't want to come out. All right. We were talking about this somewhat a little bit. All right. Offline. What changes would you make to become more environmentally friendly? Oh, I really like this one. Um, So I can tell you what we're already doing. Leon and I are aiming for zero waste household. Ooh. So we haven't, we're not even close, but every time we go shopping, there's always one new thing that we're implementing. Mm -hmm. So you know, not using, we don't use plastic bags at all. We, we have um, fabric bags that we put our fruit and vegetables in. We try not and, and buy our meat in, you know, plastic containers. Sure. Um, yeah. So definitely I, we're, we're aiming for zero waste. That's awesome. That, and that's a great effort to make for it. Well, like I said, we haven't got there yet, but it's amazing how quickly Mm -hmm. you can break those habits and think, oh my goodness, that was just a habit that we, you know, did that whatever thing. It's actually really easy. Yeah. I actually started carrying um, bags, reusable bags in my backpack when I go, or a purse when I go travel, when I go to the store now, so I can try and minimize the number of plastic that comes back into the house. We're not zero waste, but I try to make an effort. I just started. Yeah, well, see, in, in Australia, there is no plastic bags anyway. Like we have really? to carry our own bags, absolutely, ah. uh, which I think is fantastic. And okay. I just found, so we're in, we're traveling in South Australia at the moment. And apparently by next year, they're going to be um, like any, 
what do they call it? Like, you know, like plastic cutlery and yes. plastic straws. No more. What are they going to do? Well, I, well, I have not, I don't, I'm not sure about the straws, maybe paper straws. And with the plastic cutlery, I think they're going to bamboo uh, or or something like that. Um, But we've only got one earth. Like what happens when it's, when it's done? I, I, you know, like, sure, it's not going to happen in our lifetime, but you know, I love my kids and they're going to love their kids and they're going to love their kids. I know that for a fact. So I want to make sure that we're leaving an earth that, that, um, that can sustain them. Absolutely. Every, how every effort helps, no matter how small you think it is, it leaves an impact for sure. Absolutely. Sam, what can you leave with our dream chasers today? One action that they could take to chase their dreams better. The number one thing that you have to do is get really, really clear on what it is that you want. And it, it, it might sound really simple to you, but until you know what you want, you can't create the actions to get there. Once you know what it is that you want and you can reverse engineer those actions, it it really does not take as long to get there as what you think. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, but that's going to take forever to get there. You know, I want this big, massive dream. But seriously, you start making little tiny actions every day. It might only take a couple of years. And if you could achieve your dream in a couple of years, would you do it? I would. Absolutely. Mm. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. This was just as much fun as I expected it to be. (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) If these guys want to connect with you, how can they find you on the socials, on the interwebs, all over? Yeah. So on my website, samanthariley.global, there's, I've actually got a download there, which I think would be really awesome for your listeners. It's called the Life by Design Blueprint. And what that is, it's a, it's a 20 page, um, activity, I guess, workbook on how to get really clear on what it is that you want and how to put all of those, start putting those things in place. So you can get that at samanthariley.global forward slash design. Um, and on the website, there's my, my uh, podcast, Thought Leaders Business Lab and all of my, All of my social links are there. Fantastic. Sam, thank you so much. Guys, you can find all of the links, more about Sam on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 221. That's episode 221. All right, Dream Chasers. Until next time, when we check back in, remember, don't stop. Keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.